This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us this Saturday afternoon. A lot going on uh, in the news this week in in Washington, D.C. We're going to cover most of it. We're going to talk about tariffs. President Trump placing, I believe, uh, a $250 billion uh, tariffs and additional tariffs on $250 billion worth of goods. We'll also talk about uh, maybe why that's a good thing, despite what you hear on the news. We'll talk about how John Kerry, the former Secretary of State, possibly broke the law negotiating with Iranian officials while he's not in office. We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about the, a little bit about the Russia hoax. We won't spend too much time on it because I'm kind of getting tired of it, just to be frank with you. We'll talk a little bit about the Russia hoax. And then we'll talk about, we'll end the show with uh, talking about how Congress is considering giving itself a pay raise. How about that? Congress, uh, the people in Washington that do nothings, they're considering giving themselves a pay raise. And I'll also talk about why I call them the do nothings. In a little bit, I'll justify that statement. Exposing Washington American Family Radio Network, AFR.net is our website. That's the best place to go to find content that uh, you hear on the show on the radio network, AFR.net. You can also catch my show on YouTube. Just type in Exposing Washington on YouTube. And, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Just type in Walker Wildman on Facebook and Twitter. The first thing I want to talk about today is this uh, Marriage, Family, and Life Conference that's in June, coming up in June, June 20th through the 22nd here in Tupelo, Mississippi, where our headquarters is in Northeast Mississippi. Marriage, Family, and Life Conference headed up by Urban Family Communications, Urban Family Talk. A couple speakers that will be at this Marriage, Family, Life Conference will be Miki Addison, heard on on Urban Family Talk. Abraham Hamilton III heard on American Family Radio. He'll be there. Uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, which you can hear on Urban Family Talk, he will he will be there. And uh, J. Warner Wallace, many of you who know of him, and several other great speakers uh, from across the country, great uh, biblical uh, teachers uh, will be there at this conference. Marriage, Family, and Life Conference, June 20th, through the 22nd urbanfamilytalk.com is the place to go to get that information but to make it easy on you i'm going to post the link to this on my podcast page at afr.net everything you need to know about my show everything i talk about all the events i talk about afr.net click on the uh, podcast link and then there my exposing washington podcast will show up So I'll post a link to all of this information there at AFR.net so you can click through and uh, do what you need to do. 
Another event this summer that I'll actually be at, and I'll be at a few of these, there's like six or seven regional academies, but I'll be at Patriot Academy this summer. Speaking at some of their academies, I'll be out in Texas for sure, and I might travel to one or two more. But Patriot Academy is for students 16 to 25, and it trains students on the founding of our country, the Constitution, Judeo-Christian values, why that's important for our country. Very, very solid uh, academy. It's called Patriot Academy. It's a three-day academy, students ages 16 to 25. Once again, patriotacademy.com, but I'll post that on my podcast page at AFR.net. The first thing I want to talk about today is uh, the, the tariffs that President Trump has been placing on on uh, on China. And I, I was a little bit off. President Trump today placed 200, placed a 25% tariff on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods that come into the U.S., which... Uh, is going to add millions of dollars to the uh, U.S. Treasury Department and possibly billions of dollars to the U.S. Treasury Department. But here's the thing that you're going to hear if you listen to the mainstream media. If you watch CNN, if you watch, uh, you know, uh, MSNBC, uh, CNBC, I mean, all you get, you get, you get it, all the major networks, uh, you might get a fair shake from Fox, but that's about it. And then you have American Family Radio and a, f- a few conservative news outlets where you're going to get some truth. But if you watch some of the big, uh, the big wig uh, media companies, if you will, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear President Trump places, you know, 25% tariff on billions of dollars worth of Chinese goods, uh, and and this is going to make cause inflation. This is going to cause. Uh, the cost of products to rise, and you'll hear all this fear-mongering about how President Trump is going to cause all of the U.S. all these U.S. goods that we buy on a weekly basis at the grocery store or wherever we are, that that all this stuff, all the prices are going to go skyrocketing, and we're not going to be able to afford anything. Our country is going to going to go into a recession. We're not going to be able to afford anything. That's the type of fear-mongering that you'll hear about these about these tariffs but what's interesting is that president is that this study came out uh the the price well it's not really a study well it is a study it's a it's it's numbers on price it's called price data and and it basically monitors the the uh the prices across the U.S. on various products and whether they're going up, down, or maintaining status quo. And the the results show that that the consumer or the producer price index increased by 2.2% over the course of the last year. 2.2% increase, which is not inflation. That might be natural inflation, but that's going to happen whether we place tariffs on Chinese goods or not. But it just shows. And uh, on another on another section, uh, the tradable sector is what they call it uh, of the economy. The, the in this category of the economy, um, 
food food and energy is what I, I'm trying to find this category what what it's labeled. This is labeled food and energy. So they break this down into categories, and in the food and energy categories, prices over the course of a year went up 1.8%. And the conclusion here, the bottom line conclusion, which is what we're all about, right, says that here, I'm quoting directly from this Breitbart story, and I'll post it on the podcast page. It says, what this suggests, talking about these numbers, which is what we need to look at, we need to look at raw data, Uh, We need to look at data. We need to look at numbers and not what the media says. What this suggests is that tariffs have not had a very big impact on prices in the U.S. And it goes on to say that should not be very surprising. The metal tariffs have led to U.S. metal producers expanding capacity, which reduces the impact of taxes on imported metals. And a 10% tariff on $200 billion of goods in our $20.5 trillion economy, mounts to a 0.1% tax. So a lot of hoopla, a lot of fear-mongering amongst the media and these some of these so-called economists about how if President Trump goes forward with tariffs, then our economy is going to crash. This is going to be horrific. People aren't going to be able to afford groceries. But that's not true at all. As a matter of fact, I would go as far to say that's just a flat-out lie because these folks know better. These folks are smart. They're smarter than I am, and I'm able to figure this out. So they should be able to figure this out that some tariffs here or there is not going to bring the economy crashing down in the U.S. Our economy is, is more stable than you believe. I know the stock market, you say, well, it goes up and down, but that doesn't mean it's not stable. It goes up and down a few percentage points, but that's not an instability. So our economy's pretty stable, relatively speaking. A little tariffs uh, are not going to bring the economy crashing to the ground. Let me just say that. So President Trump is fighting for the U for for America's interest when it comes to these Chinese trade negotiations, and it's it's relatively. I mean, it's it's actually refreshing to see President Trump fighting because here's 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 the last thing I'll say on these Chinese tariffs because it's kind of a boring topic. The last thing I'll say on this is before President Trump got into office, the Chinese government, when I say the Chinese, I'm talking about their country, the government. They were taking over the U.S. in multiple areas. They were taking us over in, well, they had us taken over in trade. They've taken us over in in uh they've been buying up u.s businesses you'd be surprised at how many u.s companies are owned by the chinese are owned by chinese uh citizens and the thirdly they were taking us over military wise now we're, had had they surpassed us when it comes to military no i don't think so but they were catching up with us i mean they're building these islands in the south china sea and they're setting up military bases there and they're expanding their their Navy fleet, and the list goes on and on and on. So then I read a story how the Chinese are now in Venezuela helping the Maduro regime or the dictator there. So, you know, the Chinese were were running around us, running circles around the U.S. before President Trump got into office, and he's trying to even the playing field out and put the U.S. back on uh, being a leader on the world stage. The conclusion there, the tariffs are working. That's my conclusion there. Moving on to the next topic, 
Uh, staying in the international relations realm, John Kerry, the former Secretary of State under President Obama, he, uh, he's been meeting, this is unbelievable, he's been meeting with Iranian officials, with, basically he's been meeting with the Iranian government for the past two to three years since President Trump got into office. And he's been doing, admittedly, he even admitted this, he's been doing shadow diplomacy in Iran. Why is he doing that? Because he's trying to salvage President Obama's legacy to the extent that he has a good legacy in the Middle East with Iran. So the problem with that is, is that that's illegal. That's illegal. A U.S. citizen cannot go lobby, a, put it this way, a non-government official or someone who hasn't been uh, uh sponsored by the u.s government to do negotiations on our behalf they can't just go over to a government and start uh, wheeling and dealing you just can't do that there's a reason that we have elected officials in in government and we have appointed and and confirmed officials through the u.s senate we can't just have u.s citizens going and and doing uh, uh, negotiations on foreign policy with with uh foreign leaders you just can't have that it's chaotic there's a reason that, for example, President Obama wouldn't like it if Donald Trump was in, in, in the Middle East negotiating U.S. foreign policy with Iran. No, that's uh, unacceptable. You don't do that. Not only do you not do that, it's illegal. It's called the Logan Act. I want to play the first clip of the show. This is clip to uh, uh, President Trump saying that John Kerry violated the Logan Act. What I'd like to see with Iran, I'd like to see them call me. You know, John Kerry speaks to them a lot. John Kerry tells them not to call. That's a violation of the Logan Act. And frankly, he should be prosecuted on that. But my people don't want to do anything that's only the Democrats do that kind of stuff. You know, if it were the opposite way, they'd prosecute him under the Logan Act. But John Kerry violated the Logan Act. He's talking to Iran and has been, has many meetings and many phone calls, and he's telling them what to do. That is a total violation of the Logan Act, because what they should be doing is their economy is a mess ever since I took away the Iran deal. They have inflation that's the highest number I've ever heard. They're having riots every weekend and during the week even. And what they should be doing is calling me up, sitting down. We can make a deal, a fair deal. We just don't want them to have nuclear weapons. Not too much to ask. And we would help put them back into great shape. They're in bad shape right now. I look forward to today where we can actually help Iran. We're not looking to hurt Iran. I want them to be strong and great and have a great economy. But they're listening to John Kerry, who's violated a very important element of what he's supposed to be doing he violated the logan act plain and simply shouldn't be doing that all right well there you have it and if you want to know what the logan act if you want to know what the logan act has to say then here it is i'm going to read it to you the logan act this is a summary of the logan act the logan act then it gives the statute statute 613 18 u.s code 953 Enacted January 30th, 1799, this is not a new law, is a United States federal law that criminalizes negotiation by unauthorized persons with foreign governments. 
having a dispute with the United States, which is exactly what's going on between the U.S. and Iran. Reading farther, the intent behind the act is to prevent unauthorized, John Kerry, unauthorized negotiations from undermining the government's position. This is textbook Logan Act violation. What happens? John Kerry gets off, no questions asked, by Trump's Justice Department. Talk about a two-tier justice system. I've brought this up before. We did a whole segment on this. The two-tier justice system, you and I, average Americans, without these special contacts in the government, we are these big-name recognition We have to follow the rules. We have to do everything right. And if we don't do everything by the books, then we put ourselves potentially in legal jeopardy. If we don't pay taxes, then guess what? The IRS has the right to come knocking on our door. If we go over the speed limit, the police officer has the right to pull us over and write us a fat ticket. And he can actually take us to jail if he would like, but they don't do that very often. But you get the point. You know, we got all these rules, which are all, for the most part, good good rules. Keep everything in order. Keep uh, things from being chaotic. And you and I have to follow them. We have to stop at the stop sign. You know, we got all these things we got to do to make sure things stay in order, that we don't have anarchy. But John Kerry just gets to willy-nilly go do foreign policy on behalf of the U.S. without authorization. And guess what he has to do? Guess what consequences he has to face? Zero, nada. None. Maybe Attorney General Barr will look into that and press charges, convene a grand jury to indict uh, John Kerry for his shadow diplomacy that violates the Logan Act. Speaking of the two-tier justice system, folks, you're going to get a kick out of this. I want to play clip three here. Hillary Clinton all of a sudden says we have to abide by the law. Clip three, pretty lengthy, but let's listen. So you have a Republican Party, particularly in the Senate, that is not looking out for the country. And they've occasionally disagreed with uh, Trump on a few things, but overall they have been uh, unfortunately intimidated or willing to go along. So this defiance of subpoenas, which is not just one, but as you say, it's about to crescendo. This uh, claim of executive authority, and you know, it's been a long time since I practiced law, but I see some friends of mine from New Hampshire who are lawyers. Uh, I think it's been waived, but it's going to be claimed, and we're going to have big court fights about it. And these court fights will go on, and they will most likely end up in the Supreme Court. And then we will see why, or not, Mitch McConnell blocked Merrick Garland from even having a hearing. And they rushed through uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, particularly Kavanaugh, um, to get them on there. And we'll see whether it's the rule of law or the rule of Trump that the Republicans in the Congress and in the courts are going to abide by. There you have it. That's Hillary Clinton. And the last part of that, she says, we're going to find out whether Republicans are going to abide by the rule of law or the rule of Trump. And speaking of the rule of law, Hillary Clinton has zero credibility when it comes to lecturing anyone on 
following the law. I mean, this this lady, the secret, the former Secretary of State, you know, with all due respect, she's one of the most lawless people I know. I mean, seriously, she's one of the most lawless politicians I've ever read about, I've ever talked about. I mean, the list goes on of all of the scandals that she's been at the center of. I mean, we have Benghazi, which might not be criminal, but it sure does look bad. We have the Benghazi scandal, where we have the U.S. consulate in Benghazi. Uh, I believe that's in Libya, Benghazi, Libya. And this, uh, this U.S. consulate, remember this? This was under Obama's watch. They, they put in multiple security upgrade requests, and guess what Hillary Clinton's State Department did? No, thank you. We will not provide more security for our U.S. persons in Benghazi. Then what happens? Islamic terrorists attack the Benghazi consulate, and four U.S. assets, our U.S. persons, die as a result. That's what happened under Benghazi. Well, guess what, Hillary Clinton? She didn't answer any questions. She didn't want to talk about it. It's a non-story. But that's not criminal, but it looks bad. But you have the whole email server in the bathroom that has classified information on it. And uh, she doesn't have to go to jail for that. She didn't even have to answer questions under oath for that. And then you have her Clinton Foundation where she's getting payments from foreign governments. I'm talking, I'm talking paychecks that have the name of the government at the top of the paycheck written to the Clinton Foundation when? When she is Secretary of State. Guess what happens around the same time? She cuts deals with those same foreign governments, deals that favor those governments. So that's the two-tier justice system. Hillary Clinton has zero credibility to lecture us on on the law and who's following the law. Moving on here, the Democrats this past week held the Attorney General in contempt, which I think is a, is a joke. And the hypocrisy here is is evident because when the when the Republicans held the Attorney General Eric Holder under Obama's watch in contempt for not answering questions. I mean, Attorney General Eric Holder wouldn't even come answer questions about a Fast and Furious scandal where we had guns, U.S. government firearms got in the hands of cartels and and killed one of our U.S. border agents. Well, Eric Holder doesn't even want to come talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it at all. No closed-door hearing, no public hearing, doesn't want to talk to lawmakers, zero, nada, none, I don't want to talk about it. And here's what Jerry Nadler, the Democrat Judiciary Chairman, had to say back then in 2012 about Eric Holder being held in contempt. Jerry Nadler put out a statement, said, I just joined the walkout of the House chamber to protest the shameful, politically motivated GOP vote holding A.G. Eric Holder in contempt. Nadler tweeted in 2012. So, in 2012, oh no, no, this is all a political show. We can't hold anybody in contempt. 
Well, what happens seven years later? We're going to hold the attorney general in contempt. That's what Jerry Nadler's doing. And it shows the double standard. And just to be 100% transparent, I am 100% behind holding people in contempt of Congress. If you don't want to come answer questions to lawmakers, I think they have the authority to hold you in contempt. But that's not what's going on here. What's going on here, as I talked about last week, is the lawmakers want to have their staff members ask the questions, which in 200 plus years of that of that House committee, that's never happened, never been done before. So if you're not going to follow standard protocol, then OK, I'm, I don't think the attorney general should have to show up. I would have the same standard with Eric Holder. It, the lawmakers ask the questions, point, uh, period. That's, that's how it goes. Another story along the same line is Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, he issued a subpoena to Donald Trump Jr. Why? I don't know why. Donald Trump Jr. spent hours before that committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, answering all kind of questions. He said, Donald Trump Jr.'s attorney said, we'll stay here as long as you want. We'll come back as many times as you want. We'll answer as many questions as you want. 100% transparency. And now Senator Richard Byrd, the Republican out of North Carolina, issued a subpoena for Trump Jr. But look, this is getting out of hand. Well, this has been out of hand, but it's reaching a, a point where it's unsustainable, where we spent three years, $30 million, 20 attorneys, Hundreds of subpoenas, hundreds of interviews, thousands of hours of interviews over this whole Russia hoax that's all built on a lie. We did all this. We had the special counsel. And he comes back. Robert Mueller comes back and says there's no crime here. No wrongdoing here. No crime. Nada. We're done. And the Democrats and even Senator Richard Burr, which this is shameful on his behalf, he, ought to, he, he should resign. Senator Richard Burr, the Republican out of North Carolina, should resign. This is unacceptable behavior. He's subpoenaing the president's son after the president's son has spent hours answering the senator's questions. We spent, why did we spend $30 million if we're going to keep rehashing this phony Russia story? This is a fairy tale. The whole idea that Donald Trump is a Russian asset, that he and Vladimir Putin are buds, and they're here to take over America, that is the biggest farce I've ever heard about. I mean, you can't even find something this loony in a book, in a fiction book. But here we are. Democrats, Senator Richard Burr, the Republican, they just can't let the Russia hoax die. Because why? Because they have nothing else better to do. Exposing Washington American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today. We'll be back next week. Until then, stay tuned to American Family Radio.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.